Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. Be a buffet though. You thought it was going to be a three piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM grand buffet to the face, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast. I'm your host, Tyrity Fang, joined along with Larry Muir, Adam Hill, and Sam Gordon. RJ Ringside is brought to you by betonline.ag, and you can find everything that's happening here in the combat sports world on reviewjournal.com, as well as follow us all along on social media by Sam Gordon for Sam, at Larry Muir, and at Adam Hill, and I'm at Heidi Fang, all on Twitter. Uh, guys, we have so much to catch up on here in regards to cancellations, things that are happening, things that aren't happening, maybe a super fight down the road. We hope we're going to get into all of that right now. And we'll also hear from UFC heavyweight Walt Harris, who was a part of one of the canceled cards and who was making his comeback from just a devastating year that he had. So we're going to run some in interviews with that we had with him back a couple weeks ago when UFC 248 happened here in Las Vegas. So first, let's get into some of what's been canceled, Adam. Um, the UFC and th all three events that we had discussed over, what was that, last Saturday? Time's flying here. I'm just, I don't yeah. know what to do with myself in isolation. But there were three events that we had coming up. Um, and I believe two of them are officially canceled. One we're still waiting to find out about with UFC 249. Uh, tell us, first of all, about the two events that the UFC have indefinitely postponed. Well, yes, it's actually three already. The UFC 249 would have been the fourth. It's been such an adventure uh, on these cards of where they're going to go, what they're going to do, how they're going to try to play these out. And, you know, it, you mentioned it was Saturday. It seems like it was a year ago. But just as of Saturday, know, right? they, had, they had a show in Brazil. They planned on doing their show in London this week with a full audience. And that was pretty quickly scrapped uh, by officials over in England. And then they have Columbus and Portland on the horizon before that UFC 249 event. Now, the plan that was announced as of Saturday was London would go forward as usual. Columbus and Portland would be moved to Las Vegas, uh, where they do it in the Apex facility with no crowd. And then the Nevada Athletic Commission ruling that we've discussed uh, here on the show came down. All fights through March 25th uh, have been called off in Nevada. And that's when there's a commission meeting. And they're going to extend that for an, a longer period of time. So UFC was going to have their fights not allowed by the state of Nevada, even with no crowd at their own facility. So they were going to go look for somewhere else to do it. That was as of late Saturday night. They were going to try to find locations for these three cards. And it turns out as of Monday morning, they found that location. Uh, there's a, a small arena on a, a native American reservation in Oklahoma. It's in Shawnee, Oklahoma. They had the approval to go there. They had all the transportation lined up. For the fights now, there was going to be some fights that were canceled because some fighters were stuck in London, and uh, they were already ready for that card. They weren't going to be able to get back here because of the travel restrictions. So they were going to you know, kind of come up with some new fights. Tyron Woodley was still going to fight uh, on that card uh, with a new opponent, and then that happened Monday morning. So as of Monday morning, that was done. They were going to do these three cards in Oklahoma. It was all going to come together. Uh, no crowd, and at that time, the recommendation was no gatherings of over 50. And then about two hours after that was all done, 
all set to go to Oklahoma. Uh, Donald Trump came out and spoke and said, the new recommendation is 10 people, no more than 10 people at any gathering. And Dana White at that time looked around and said, okay, two fighters, a referee, three judges, uh, cornermen, and the commission officials, you're already up to about 15 or 16. So it's not going to be able to happen. So at that point, that is when the UFC finally gave up and relented. It became basically the last professional organization uh, in the United States to call off some events. So those next three events are scrapped, and that will lead us to uh, UFC 249 on the horizon, which we'll get into in a little bit. But that is kind of the timeline of how this all went down with the UFC finally uh, becoming the first or uh, becoming the last, excuse me, organization uh, to kind of give up on on staging events, but they did have that event in Brazil last week and, you know, got pretty big numbers because people had nothing else to watch. Uh, I think the UFC really wanted to take advantage of this time of being the only sport that was going forward, but it just became uh, completely impossible logistically. Larry, when we talk about logistics, you've been on the judging front before, like, um, you know, when, when it takes this much to put together an event and all, I mean, obviously I think a lot of fans might be disappointed with the, you know, MMA not going for it, but do you think that there would have been a lot of criticism from just the commission standpoint of, um, you know, MMA and, and the UFC proceeding forward with the events and, you know, was there already, I think a lot of blowback, um, from fans and people kind of criticizing them for trying to push forward. Uh, what did you gather from all of this? I mean, I think, I, I the state of time uh, that we're in right now and the severity of the situation, I think I would hope that the last thing on people's minds is, uh, you know, the cancellation of the fights. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the commission put a lot of thought into it and they waited until the very last possible moment to do it. Um, I was scheduled to do some uh, tough enough fights last Friday and um, or two weeks ago, I'm sorry. And they were it was up in the air if those were going to go down up until about, I want to say, 5 p.m. Uh, the night before. So, you know, I think they looked at all, you know, all options and I think they, you know, the main concern and the consideration was everyone's safety and health. So I think that, you know, they made the right call. And if there is blowback, I, I, I don't agree with it. And I don't think there should be. Well, Sam, in the boxing world, there's been a lot of cancellations, but there's also some hope on the horizon as well. Um, there was a Kovalev card. I know he was set to headline that was postponed. Uh, what other events can you tell the fans about that they can maybe look forward to being rescheduled in the near future? Well, the big one here was, uh, was Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, the first, first Saturday in May, I believe that was May 2nd. Uh, that's the, the, the Cinco de Mayo Canelo always fights here based on Cinco de Mayo or built around that. And those are huge draws. Uh, I always do really, really well, um, at T-Mobile arena and that's not, not going to be happening. Certainly not on May 2nd. Uh, now there's some, there was some hope for that to happen maybe a little later in the summer, but I still think at this point with, again, you know, that was a few days ago. I still think at this point where everything is shut down now, we're, we're, we're kind of at a lull in the stand. So that, you know, who knows about, about that fight. Uh, we, we, we may have triple G, uh, Gennady Golovkin and Canelo for a third time in September. That, that fight would take place outside Dallas at, uh, AT&T stadium, Jerry world, uh, as it's often known colloquially. Uh, but again, we're looking at six months down the road now, every, every card, I mean, top rank had a few cards scheduled. Um, Shakur Stevenson was supposed to fight that got canceled. Uh, there was supposed to be a top rank card here in April, uh, with Nyoya, Nyoya, in a way, making his American debut. He's one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world from Japan. That's in doubt at this point. Um, everything's at a standstill. Uh, it's just kind of along with the rest of sports. And 
Um, it, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I know one thing is that in terms of boxing is that the Olympics are still optimistic. You know, Olympic boxers are still optimistic about their chances of competing uh, this summer in the Olympic Games. Uh, Raheem Gonzalez called me uh, one of the top amateurs, top American amateurs uh, who lives in Las Vegas. And he, he called me yesterday, told me that the he's, he's fly, flying home today, Thursday. Uh, from the training center and, and is going to resume his training here in Las Vegas. He has to be be here at least 30 days, but he, he was optimistic that the Olympics are still going to happen and that he's still going to be able to qualify and, and fight for the USA. But, but everything is on a standstill. Um, just kind of like the rest of sports. It, it is a, uh, it is a dark, dark time. So, so any, so I guess we'll just, we'll kind of see what happens. One of the fighters that we were able to talk to back at UFC 248, he was somebody who was supposed to be competing here coming up in April, Walt Harris, a heavyweight that was going to face Alistair Overeem um, on a UFC card. And unfortunately, he will not be able to make that right because it's one of the canceled ones and Walt Harris, man, he's has had a really rough year. Um, he lost his uh, daughter, Anaya. Uh, she was brutally slain and he's been trying to push forward, trying to come back and start fresh all again with this and in the face of adversity and having so much with his family life to deal with amid amidst all of this that's been happening with him and his family and he recently tweeted in the face of adversity stand tall and never stop fighting ever and it was just a big graphic of him so um i know walt harris is one who really wanted to have this as he said in the interview which you'll hear here shortly that this was something he was really looking forward to his wife told him to go out there and get it and that he was looking forward to making this comeback which will now be postponed so here's a little bit from walt harris and how he was looking forward to his fight with alistair overeem we're taking it day by day. Um, it's a process. I mean, the process is still uh, being tried through the judicial systems. Um, so we're just trying to stay together. Um, that's all we really can do. Um, we're focusing on April 11th, and that's what, you know, is keeping us excited and motivated for the next day, honestly. Um, you know, me doing my job and just trying to be there for them is, is all I'm trying to do. So. Was it difficult decision for you to, to, to say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm ready, let's, let's get back to work? At first it was. I struggled with it a little bit because I didn't want to take any attention away from her. Um, but, you know, she's, she tells me all the time, Daddy, it's okay. So I'm, I'm ready to get back to work. I feel like um, it's where I'm supposed to be, you know, as far as my professional career goes. Um, I'm excited to get in there and test myself against Overeem. Um, I looked up to him. I watched him fight before I ever put a pair of gloves on. So it's dope to get a chance to go in there and test my medal against him. Um, I feel like it's a fight I can win. I know I'm going to win it. Um, and I got other forces helping me, so it's gonna be fun April 11th. I had that moment with Fabricio. Now I feel like I belong here. Like, he's just another guy to me, honestly. You know, realistically, I know what he's done in the sport, but it's my time. It's my turn to go do what I gotta do. Um, and I appreciate him for giving me an opportunity to come back and, and keep the same fight. And, you know, he's reached out to me numerous times throughout the situation, so I, I got nothing but respect for him. You know, it's been something that I can't really put into words. Um, just everybody everybody from the media to the UFC to just people around the sport that are fans of the sport. They have really wrapped their arms around my family and um, I'm grateful for it. And that's that was a part of what played into me wanting to come back because I want to say thank you to everybody and show them that, you know, we're still we're still focused and we're, we're going to make it happen. man. like, I know that's what my daughter would want. You know, she she sacrificed a lot for me to be here. So I'm going to keep pushing for her. Um, 
but the move to come back was pretty, you know, just simple as, hey, late March, early April. And he said, all right, you know what I mean? Because we kind of talked before that. He he was more concerned about me as a human. And um, that was just something that I just admired about him, how he stepped in and he was there from the word go. So um, coming back, I just wanted to make sure I was really ready to do it. Um, I had people around me. My support system is super, super, super strong. So um, we knew we'd be ready. So. You said your wife was there for you. What were her words to you? Go get it, baby. So she said. So that's what I'm gonna do. Anaya's law just passed the judicial system in Alabama. It's going to the Senate. Um, it's moving at a rate I've never seen. Uh, you know, for a law, um, it's, it, the both parties have come together. There, there was a unanimous vote for it, um, which was amazing. So. Um, we're making headway on that end, and I think that's a part of the process of healing for us, you know, is making sure we keep her name relevant and make sure people, she didn't pass away in vain. And um, so that's the first step. It's gonna um, give judges the discretion to deny bond. And I think with my daughter's case, I can't say a lot about it because there is a gag order, but um, the, you know, perpetrator or whatever you want to call him. Um, he had a, a lengthy rap sheet and a lot of people feel like he shouldn't have been on the streets um, and it could happen to anybody if that's the case. So we're trying to enact something that will protect everybody. So hopefully it'll go natural. Um, yeah, I'll be honest, in January, we started back working um, as a way to kind of distract myself. Um, my coach Chris has been there with me from day one. Um, and he was mainly like, hey, you know, you come back when you're ready. But I told him, I said, man, I need you guys. He's like, well, we're here, come back. So I started working in January, not every day like I'm doing now, but like gradually, probably three, four days a week, we go in, we train, we do different things. And then it just kind of morphed into a feeling of like, man, I need to get back on the, you know what I mean? On the scene. And I, I think that's what my daughter would really, really, really want. So um, there was points where I felt like even thinking about fighting was, you know, taken away from her. I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted to be about solely my daughter. and. I just felt like fighting was the last thing on my mind. I took a real big back step away from the sport. I think the first fight I watched was the December 7th fight over Raymond Rogerstroke. Um, and that was more so to just absorb the energy that the UFC put into keeping my daughter's name alive. You know, I wanted to say, you know, I got a chance to witness it and see it. And I was moved by it. My wife was moved by it, my whole family. Um, so yeah, that was kind of what, you know, I was doing in that time. As far as um, normalcy, meaning, uh, you know, fighting or just in life. life, no. I mean, you you lose a child, there's never, I will never be the same. But um, I've tried to sum it up in this way. I had two options. Um, I could go south or I can go north. And I chose to go north because I know that that's what she would want. That's the type of person she was. She was my guiding light. You know what I mean? She was my strength. And if I fall off, if I, you know, don't ever fight again, I think she'd be upset about it because she sacrificed so much. My wife sacrificed so much. My other kids sacrificed so much for me to even get to the point of having a main event, to fight an idol, you know what I mean? So I, I would never stop, you know, just because of what I'm going through. I think it's motivating me. It's propelling me to, to be great. So I'm ready. I, like, honestly, I feel like I, I'm ready to fight anybody in the division. I've been saying that since day one, but I'm, I'm glad that Overeem accepted the fight. Um, I'm grateful, to be honest, because I'm... Um, some guys said they didn't want to fight me ever because of the situation. And I respected that, you know, but it was at the same time, it's business, it's my job. Um, and I, I thank Overeem for coming back and taking the time to run it back with me. Well, not run it back, but give me the opportunity to do what I got to do.
With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's esports, and it's on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. Welcome back to RJ Ringside again. That was Walt Harris, who was supposed to face Alistair Overeem on April 11th at UFC Fight Night in Portland, Oregon. That will be rescheduled at some other time. Uh, of course, the the coronavirus pandemic has really kind of put everything on hold, as you know it. Uh, and we're all trying to roll with the punches, so to speak. Uh, this has been a pretty um, just dark time as well with many things. Uh, we learned just a couple days back, Sam, that Roger Mayweather had passed and his family, um, you know, really hadn't heard from him. He'd been kind of astray for quite some time. Uh, but you were working on a piece about him. What can you tell us about um, Roger Mayweather, his family and his passing? First, Heidi, uh, just devastating news. Uh, I mean, Roger Mayweather was a, a, a great champion when he fought as a boxer, uh, fought professionally for 18 years. And then we know what he helped, the heights he helped Floyd Mayweather Jr. reach throughout the course of his, you know, unbeaten, flawless career, um, professional career. So, so just a devastating loss for the community. I, I actually, his daughter Jade uh, played tennis at Faith Lutheran. And when I first got to the RJ a few years ago, I was on the high school beat and, you know, noticed the, the name connection and figured there had to be a relation, a relationship there with somebody in the Mayweather family and um, did a feature story on her and got to know her and her mother. Uh, and, and just through that, learned a lot about Roger and, and was, was hopeful, was hopeful to do a story on him. And unfortunately the, the, you know, the, the, the story I ended up writing was his obituary. Um, but, but his health was really, really in peril the last few, few years. Um, he had, he had severe brain trauma. Uh, that was, that was one of the things his family was most worried about is it, it was the state of his brain, but also, um, he was a long time diabetic. His vision was starting to go. He had recently, when I say recent within the last year or two, um, had been battling kidney disease and, and it was just, it was tough. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, Heidi, he was, he stepped away from Floyd's corner in 2012 and had been appearing in public um, less and less frequently and, and was pretty much to himself. So uh, very devastating, but, but his, his family, you know, his daughter um, assured me that um, he, that he told her, as all this was happening, as his health was, was deteriorating, that he had no regrets, that he loved boxing, he loved what he did, and he had no regrets with the way his life played out. And I thought that was kind of poetically beautiful that maybe maybe the brain trauma um, you know, shortened his lifespan. Maybe it, it, it you know, just speculating, maybe it, it affected the quality of his last few years, but, but he lived a, you know, he thought he lived a full life and um, was able to provide for his family. And I think he took a lot of pride in that, but, but very, very, very devastating, uh, um, news for the boxing community and, you know, Roger Mayweather gone at, at 58. All right. So, uh, we'll keep an eye out for your work there, uh, on Roger Mayweather and his passing, but let's get into a little bit more of positive things happening. There may be a third fight between triple G and Canelo, as you, uh, have learned, Sam, this is something I think that the boxing world could definitely use on its comeback here. 
Uh, I think a lot of people did want to see the third fight. So uh, when do we expect that may happen? And I mean, what's the probability that this actually comes together? Yeah, great question. Um, they're, they're, they're looking at September, um, early September down in Dallas, Cowboy Stadium or AT&T Stadium, Jerry World, whatever you want to call it, uh, would be the third fight in the trilogy. As we know, they fought here twice at T-Mobile Arena, both both really, really compelling fights, um, both very close with the first one, a controversial draw. The second one, Canelo wins by decision. But but again, both, were, both fights were close. Um, I, I felt that at that time, that was really peak Triple G, maybe slightly post-peak Triple G, and Canelo was just coming into his own uh, as the as who I believe now is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in boxing. So um, we'll see. I mean, we're still a ways away from that, too. I mean, like like we talked about, everything on boxing is kind of on hold. But if we can corral this this virus in the next few months, um, maybe maybe there's a, there's, there's a chance it happens as planned in September. Um, could Triple G will be 37 by then or maybe even 38? Um, well, he's 37 now and Canelo is 29 and he'll turn 30 this summer. And, and I believe at the peak of his powers, I think, uh, I mean, that we're, we're a long ways away from this even happening. And given the, the results of the last two fights between the two, I think Canelo, um, I like Canelo's chances in a third fight. I, I, I thought Triple G in his last fight in October um, didn't quite look like the Triple G of old, as we know, didn't, didn't, didn't quite have the same power, wasn't as sharp, wasn't as crisp as he was when he was knocking everybody out, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016. Um, they say Father Time is undefeated, but but who else is there out there for Canelo to fight? I mean, he's cleaned up cleaned up middleweight. I mean, he's done his thing at super middleweight. He just beat Kovalev at, at 175. So uh, a third fight with Triple G, a trilogy makes sense. And if boxing and sports in general can uh, figure figure everything out and get a handle on this thing as, as the world struggles to get a handle on it, then, then September, um, seems, you know, semi-realistic. It's certainly a lot more realistic than May against Billy Joe Saunders. I'll tell you that. All right. Well, speaking of people at the peak of their powers, we had UFC 249 featuring Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson. That was the post. No, 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 dude. Don't, don't even start, dude. Cause you said it a couple of weeks ago. And if anyone here cursed it, it was you, Adam. Uh, that's true. I did see that on social media. <laughs> But it's supposed to take place in Brooklyn. Not going to happen. Going to happen. Not in Brooklyn. I don't know. On the moon. Um, I've heard maybe the uh, United, uh, the Arab Emirates, UAE may be a a place for it. Adam, what do you got for us on this? Yeah. uh, Dana White in that same call that I was referencing earlier told me this fight will 100% happen. I told them there's no chance it happens. He said, it's a guarantee this fight happens. So we'll see uh, where where it plays out. I think uh, the MMA world is not optimistic because, as we know, this fight has been canceled for some of the most bizarre things you could ever imagine. Uh, you know, with Tony Ferguson tripping over a TV cord doing an interview leading up to it uh, with Nurmagomedov. After, after, after we Khalid, interviewed him, by the way. That happened Khalid, after we interviewed him. True. <laughs> after... Uh, gleefully eating tiramisu on a video uh fight week and kind of mocking the, the jokes about his weight cut then misses weight and uh, falls ill and can't fight like the weird this has been the weirdest fight uh ever in ufc history canceled four times and now the fifth time could get wiped out by coronavirus this is so bizarre uh but Dana White continues to say that it's going to happen he said it will not happen in the United States. That's out. No, nowhere in the U.S. is going to allow this fight. So 
my belief is, yeah, it will be if it goes forward, uh, you know, Abu Dhabi, uh, you know, UAE, that that region uh, of the world. They, they love bringing fights over. They'll pay big money to have fights there. Uh, they don't seem to care uh, about, you know, any sort of regulation or anything. So uh, I think that is what's going to happen. And uh, I think they I think they go forward or at least try to make this happen uh, over there uh, on the scheduled date, which would then be able to set it up for a prime time, you know, normal pay-per-view audience here in the U.S. But, man, I, I as much as I keep hearing that they insist that it's going to come together, this might be pretty tough. In fact, let's hear from Dana White here. I have him during the UFC 249 tickets on sale press conference that happened here during the week of UFC 248 with Tony and Khabib on stage together. Dana White kind of, I mean, the crowd was laughing at the reporter for asking the question, but he reassured everyone there's nothing getting canceled. Here's Dana. Dana, uh, South by Southwest, the, the music and arts festival got canceled today because of the coronavirus outbreak. Any concerns, anything that you guys can do to try to... Hey, it's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. Corona's cool, but Montejo's better. Legitimate question. I mean, it's, it's got to be a little bit of a concern, right, for any big event. So, when it, when it comes to safety of the athletes and the fans and everything else, no matter where we go or what we do, we're always concerned with that. And we've been thinking about this for weeks. Dr. Davidson's been involved, and um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than that. You, uh, you said on your, your... We're not canceling the event. All right, so that was Dana White again reassuring everybody that this fight would not be canceled. And I love how adamant he is. It's like Dana White wants to fight coronavirus head on himself. We're booking that one right now, and we're going to see who wins. Um, I, I don't know, Adam. I'm like with, with boxing, like Sam was saying, being almost canceled all the way out till May virtually, I mean... Where do you think that this can happen on that reservation? There are a lot of reservations that are kind of shutting down as well that are saying like, we're just keeping it to our communities. So I, I don't know if this can come together there. I mean, what logistically would you think would need to happen to make it come together? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, like we said, it's not happening anywhere in the U S no matter what reservation anywhere uh, for happening over there. Uh, well, they're going to have to, I think the travel and the visa issues are going to be, uh, pretty big for getting people over there, making sure they're able to get there. Cause you know, flights are difficult. There's a lot of travel warnings about going anywhere. You know, the U S today basically said they don't want residents traveling internationally at all. Uh, so they'd have to kind of get around that. There's, there's not a mandate where you're not allowed to, but they just, they highly suggest not traveling internationally. So uh, the UFC will have to break that, obviously, to get Tony Ferguson over there. Uh, and Nurmagomedov is also here in the U.S. right now. So uh, that would be you know, some, some difficult hurdles to clear. I'm sure what they would do is just get their own flights, uh, get their own planes and fly. Uh, but it's still a lot of clearance from a lot of different agencies to make this happen. And Oh, man, I, as much as I want to see the fight, it just it's something that maybe it's it's better to push it back, but I know that people are terrified if they push it back, it just never happens again. Uh, there's there's a lot that goes into this, but the UFC right now it's insisting that it will happen internationally on the scheduled date, and that they'll go forward with it. And that might be really the only you know major live sporting event we get for a while. So I know a lot of people are excited to perhaps see it, even if they 
aren't comfortable with the whole process. I, I thought it was funny because I think Heidi reposted it. Um, Dana had put out a, uh, a meme of the fight being on the moon. Like it was like a fight poster <laughs> of the guys fighting on the moon. And I, I, I thought that was hilarious. And I, I think that's the only way that this fight does ever happen is if it happens on the moon. But in all seriousness, Larry, do you think that if they do cancel it, that this fight ever gets rebooked? I mean, I hope it does. But then you're always going to have the people saying that, OK, depending on the length and time that it gets rebooked, you know, they're going to make excuses for either guy. Oh, the guy wasn't in his prime. They should have fought, you know, years ago, like like the excuse when Manny and um, Floyd fought, you know. Um, so, I mean, I hope it happens. But again, though, too, the longer we wait, I don't know if the, the luster and the, the care for that fight's going to still be there. Um, you know, three, four months down the road. All right. So we'll keep you updated on everything that we find out about that. Again, there's a meeting here with the Nevada commission on March 25th. So we're recording here on a Thursday, um, ahead of that. And we'll keep you up to date with what we find out about the combat sports world with that, um, and everything happened within it. So, I mean, as of right now, UFC 249. Still on, still open for business. We hope that that stays the case. So, guys, uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, keep up with us all again on ReviewJournal.com for all the latest on the combat sports world. And follow everybody here on Twitter at Adam Hill, LVRJ, at Larry Mir. I'm at Heidi Fang. And, of course, at by Sam Gordon. Um, we will have more coming to you next week. We'll let you know what's going on here with all of your favorite sports. So if you are also looking for other podcasts to buy the time while you're at home, uh, check out some of our other shows. There's Vegas Nation, Golden Edge, and of course the podcast show with the entertainment news and our RJ politics as well. They're all there on reviewjournal.com slash podcast, all free. Thanks everybody for listening. For all the guys, we'll be back. Warriors, warriors, come out to play. Warriors, warriors.